Hello and welcome to the Healthcare Solutions Project, the podcast where we get to know health industry innovators working to improve cost, quality, and health outcomes and enhance patient and clinician satisfaction. Today I want to welcome a technology leader who is on a quest to break down the barriers between facility-based care and home-based care, Mary Henschel. Mary, welcome to the Healthcare Solutions Project. Thank you, Don. I'm very happy to be here. Mary is the Director of Client Success for Point Click Care's Home Care Division. Before that, she was the president of Nobility Health, a software company selling solutions to home health care agencies. And before that, she was the president of a systems integration firm specializing in law firms, as well as the president of an enterprise content management provider for the real estate industry. So, Mary, you started your career as a technology generalist. What moved you to get into healthcare? Yeah, so prior to working in home health technology, I had a product company that was focused on helping commercial and real estate agencies kind of streamline and reduce the amount of paper that resulted from their transactions. And while I was successful, it just really wasn't very meaningful, honestly. So after I sold that company, I worked as a consultant and I took some time to evaluate all sorts of different opportunities. But then somebody I knew uh, that I knew and trusted approached me about taking this home health EHR project to the commercial market. Hmm. And so while kind of exploring the opportunity, I interviewed several home health agency administrators. I did some nurse drive along just to get a feel for the industry. And I have to tell you, it was really a humbling and inspiring experience. Um, the compassion that uh, they showed towards their patients, uh, it was as though the patients were part of their own family. Hmm. And it kind of resonated, in fact, back to my own life growing up next door to my dad's mom, who was exhibiting early signs of Alzheimer's. And my job as one of the four kids was to go over every morning and help get grandma ready for the day, Mm. right? So sometimes that's getting dressed or making breakfast, reminding her to take her meds, walking her to the store. And honestly, honestly, Don, sometimes it involved finding her dentures, which could be absolutely Well, kind of well, you know, working with these agencies and doing these drive-alongs, I also saw the challenges they faced. I mean, the technology was lagging and the home environments were really unpredictable. Uh, and I felt like even though I wasn't a nurse, that I could really make a contribution to the patient in a very different but meaningful way. Mm. And really, you know, the idea of bringing a consumer type mobile app experience to a remote caregiver so it's easy to use. The nurse is able to interact more with the patient and less with the device and really help drive those uh, outcomes for the patient. Hmm. That's intriguing. Everyone catches the healthcare bug somehow. And uh, that's a really interesting story about how you did that. So you had to make a transition into a completely different industry. How did you get up to speed on the home healthcare market? Oh, I know. It is a, a big... Uh, a big curve, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to say sometimes I, I earned a street PhD in home health, right? <laughs> yeah, I like it. So when I started, I really just would contact as many different home health agencies uh, as I could and just ask if I could learn from them. Hmm. And, you know, they were all super gracious and very receptive. I met with administrators to talk about their businesses, their challenges and goals. And I, you know, I shadowed people like intake coordinators, billers, schedulers, and of course did these drive-alongs with clinicians. And there was just nothing that could really replace seeing the work being done in person. Hmm. Of course, you know, in, in healthcare, which you're very familiar with, there's no shortage of rules and regulations and 
conditions of participation. So hmm. there's a lot of reading to do. And then the other one was really conferences were super helpful. I mean, the home health community is very tight knit. Um, so, you, you know, you could go to a conference and national consultants were always willing to answer any questions, hmm. other vendors, and even honestly, our competitors, we all collaborate, we have to. And I think, you know, the National Association of Home Care is, uh, which is led by Bill Dombey, he really provides some really great leadership with industry as well. Hmm. That's really interesting. You know, I spent all of my career focused on hospitals and clinics and insurers, and I think that most people in healthcare are, are the same. So I'm hoping you can take a little bit of time to educate us about the home health market. How is it similar to and different from the broader provider market? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I think, you know, one of the major differences in home health is that you don't control the environment, right? Mm -hmm. So each patient that the caregiver sees lives in a very different setting. And some, some homes are clean and orderly, and some are frankly on the very opposite uh, spectrum. Yeah. And, you know, it's sometimes a nurse uh, has nowhere, for example, to even set down her device which was something I didn't think we would really have to account for, but we did when designing our mobile app. You know, many environments are just unsafe and some are even pose, uh, you know, greater fall risk for patients. Mm -hmm. So that's a big difference uh, compared to like a hospital, right? Where everything's sterilized and clean and yeah. controlled. And the other one that's very different is the nurses are alone, right? They're mm -hmm. all alone in the home and they need to really have the ability to think on their feet. So they can't walk down the hallway to ask a peer or a doctor for some advice, right? So you got to provide them like tools uh, to guide them through the visit, especially if they encounter something they, did, they didn't expect. And typically you see more experienced nurses providing home health because of this versus nurses coming out right out of school. But with the nursing shortages, technology companies like ours need to give those less experienced clinicians tools to be able to navigate un unexpected scenarios hmm. while in the home. That could be, you know, clinical pathways or, you know, med rec or secure messaging, things like that. And then the other thing that's very different for home health is that, you know, they're providing intermittent care. So nurses are only going into the home on the average of maybe nine times in a 60 day episode. Hmm. And a typical routine visit is only 45 minutes to an hour. You know, obviously that can vary, but I mean, that means the patient needs help from caregivers when the nurse isn't in the home. True enough. And I don't think a lot of people think about that, right? Hmm. Um, but there are a lot of similarities, of course. I mean, you know, right, like the rest of healthcare, home health is really focused on outcomes right now, right? We've hmm. made that shift from uh, volume to value. And uh, we're even seeing more agencies wanting to participate in risk models, even though that's kind of at a very early stage compared to like the rest of the healthcare system. Hmm. And, my, and, and another huge similarity, right, is just a focus on reducing or preventing rehospitalizations. Um, and that's something at Point Click Care, we're really focused on that whole transition of care and integrated care coordination across the entire healthcare system. You know, you may have already answered this question to your satisfaction, but I, had, I did have a question about the challenges that home healthcare faces. 
You've talked about some of the ways that home health is different. Are there any unique challenges to home health that would make a, a an app like you're, you're describing or software like your organization produces necessary just for home health versus something that's in the, the long-term care or post-acute care market? In terms of our mobile app, the things that are like things that are different, again, uh, the nurse is out there alone in the home, mm-hmm. right? But the other thing that can happen is she she can not have any kind of Wi-Fi, right? No cell service. Hmm. And so we are always thinking about, okay, what do we need to put onto the device so she can take care of the patient if that happens, right? Right. Uh, if she is connected, that's great. We can sync data back and forth. She could um, have secure communications with peers uh, back in the office or on the field. But if she doesn't, we have to give her enough tools to be able to um, take care of the patient uh, while in the home. So we're, you know, always working with our agencies and our caregivers to figure out what's the exact amount of right information that goes on the device. Clearly, we don't want to put too much, uh, you know, from a data load, but we have to have enough. And so that's one thing that we spend quite a bit of time working on. So I would imagine that home health utilization has increased during the COVID-19 pandemic. Is that what you've seen? Yeah, I would say really initially back in March and April, there was actually a decrease in home health, Hmm. which kind of surprised all of us. (laughs) We were just waiting for the surge. Um, But what that was attributed to was all those elective surgeries like hip and knee replacements and so forth Mm -hmm. were going on hold. Yeah, true enough. And so um, then in like May and June, we saw this major shift, right? And so, and we even saw a shift in the workforce. so, uh, you know, even from SNF to home health. And so even the Bureau of Labor Statistics said about 55,000 jobs were shipped in SNFs and nearly equal that was shifted over to home health, home care, mm. which is really interesting. Um, I guess that makes sense, doesn't it? Doesn't that make sense because of, you know, the long-term care and post-acute care facilities are where there was some pretty big risk for mortality in in, in COVID-19, maybe the largest risk. Is that the reason why? Oh, for sure. Absolutely. And, you know, even uh, 81% of physicians who are responsible for discharge planning now prefer to, to actually send their patients to home health versus mm-hmm. skilled. So that's obviously contributing to that. And the other thing that we're seeing, which is taking shape right before our eyes, is something called sniff at home. And so according to Lincoln Healthcare, about 25% of of patients in SNF could be cared for in the home, which is interesting, but the the issue is that they're more acute, right? Right. And so the the straight home health benefit isn't enough to take care of these patients because they need more help, right? Nine times in 60 days is not going to cut it for someone who normally would be in a a SNF. Mm So what we're seeing is these agencies are supplementing that skilled home health with these preferred personal care services. Hmm. Um, and in fact, my, my in-laws are actually an example of this, right? Right before COVID, we were looking to move them into some sort of assisted living or CCRC. But then once a public health emergency hit, we were like, whoa, we, we don't want to do that. Right. Right? So we started looking for other alternatives. So right now, you know, they're at home. They 
should or shouldn't be at home, I'm not sure, but you know, we cobble together a plan where they receive that intermittent home health skilled services. And then they have aides come in to do personal care services. We have Meals on Wheels coming in. Mm -hmm. And then of course, you know, our family assists uh, to keep them home. And I, I think they're gonna stay home as long as we possibly can keep them there. It's great that you can keep them at home and you can even play a role in, in uh, giving them great care when the home health nurse comes in. And I, we're going to just keep seeing more and more of that. I yeah. mean, people want to age at home. That's absolutely where they want to be. And, you know, baby boomers, they're, they're stubborn. They know what they <laughs> want and, you know, they're going to make it happen. So. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. So we've seen telehealth utilization increase over the past few months due to the pandemic. And most experts predict that it will remain a key element in the provision of care in the future. Do you see the same thing happening for home health care? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So telehealth or virtual care is going to accelerate in all health settings, but man, especially home health. Really, the issue we have right now is CMS is not directly reimbursing home health for telehealth. Um, but even such, I mean, the outcomes have been so positive and the caregivers are too few and the patients uh, are too many. So we just need a way to you know, keep our tabs on the patients when we're not in the home. And, you know, typically it seems what we find is, you know, there's some sort of innovation and then there'll be regulation and then we're going to get reimbursement. And we are really right at the cusp right now of getting reimbursement for telehealth, uh, for home health. And then once that happens, it, it, we're going to have a big hockey stick effect. So I want to shift gears a little bit. You mentioned the problem of you called it rehospitalization, and there's there's a problem with readmissions that has gotten a lot of attention over the last few years. And maybe for those who who aren't super familiar, a readmission is where a patient is discharged from acute care and has to be readmitted to the hospital, which results in more sickness and more cost, and you know it's a bad outcome. I would imagine that home health has helped limit readmissions, right? Mm-hmm. As home health has played an important role in decreasing those readmissions, I would also think that health systems would want to have home health data integrated into their records. Have you seen an increase in the number of health systems that, that are looking for the kind of data that you're gathering? Oh, absolutely. Right. So the biggest push right now is to share data across health settings. Mm -hmm at that point of transition, right? So I'm sure you've heard about care quality and Commonwealth, which is you know, data that gets produced by the hospital and can be shared, mm -hmm. right? So we integrate with that, right? So we're we're able to contribute to that network. But the other thing is like point click here is the largest post-acute care network. We have you know all sorts of data. And so uh, we're exchanging that data across the continuum as well including home health, as well as upstream to hospitals. But yes, uh, we all need as much data as we can get about the patient in order to give them comprehensive care, right? Um, and there's still really a lot of details to work out when it comes to pushing and pulling patient data. Uh, and honestly, some of the challenges are actually more legal than technical, but I mean, this is the future. Well, the home is certainly the cheapest care setting we have in terms of primary costs to the system. But you've you've mentioned some of the pitfalls of of having care done in the home. 
if the home is to become a more viable care setting, what sorts of tools do home health workers and agencies need to be a bigger part of that healthcare continuum? Right. And, and we just kind of touched on it in the last question, Don. It's like they need more patient data, and mm. they, but they need it to be structured data um, so they can consume it, right? Sure. And put it into the chart. And they need it at the point of transition. Um, they the, the home health agency often gets things still by fax and uh, lots and lots of paper, and they're yeah. sifting through and trying to make sense of it. Um, it sometimes it takes them a long time to get it. So uh, they need it as soon as they can and as structured as they can. Um, and the other thing they need is that integrated care coordination, you know, with other providers in the continuum, right? So I'm passing you a patient. I, sh I should be able to, you know, have secure messaging with you or, or telehealth sessions with you or share some sophisticated skin and wound uh, photos back and forth. And then, and, and then really, like, they need a very simple and easy to use point of care application that gives them the ability to document, assess, communicate, and complete all the tasks uh, they need to do for the patient in the home at the point of care. So these are all major focus points for us uh, as point click care. So Mary, I love talking with people who love healthcare, people who work in healthcare. Well, let me just back up. Everybody knows that healthcare has lots of issues, lots of, uh, it's a target rich environment for, for improvement. Right. Um, yeah. so I love, I love talking with, with healthcare people about what they see could be improved in, in the healthcare system. If you could wave a magic wand and change something about healthcare today, what would that be? Yeah, honestly, if I could wave a magic wand, I just would want more people to be healthy, right? We talk mm. so much about hospital readmissions, and it's like, let's talk about preventing the admission in the first place, mm. right? Like the typical home healthcare patient has multiple comorbidities, right? Diabetes, EHF, COPD. And I think when you start drilling down into the social determinants of health, we have some real opportunities to acknowledge and solve some of these tough underlying issues. Mm. And you know, already many payers are on board with that. So you see a number of Medicare Advantage plans, Cubana being one taking a lead, who just see that value in the pre-acute care, right? Hmm. Things like wellness, nutrition assistance, transportation, flu shots, things like foot clinics, all sorts of things that they could do to like really prevent um, people from going to the hospital in the first place. I think it. I think it's exciting, frankly. Yeah, I do too. I think it's. Uh... It's interesting that a Medicare Advantage organization would would take those kinds of steps, but when when you think about it, they're they're in charge of that that life, right? I don't know if that's the right term to use, but they're they're in they're on they're on the hook for it. They're on they're right. on the hook for yeah. for the outcome that that person has. So anything that they can do um, from a social determinant standpoint to improve that, it's going to help their their bottom line. And uh, I think that's interesting how maybe a, a public private partnership can, can do some, some real good in that regard. Yeah, I do too. I think we have some real leaders in this right now and it's a, it's a real opportunity to make a, you know, a big change, a big shift in the industry. 
So let's talk about you. You've you've uh, shifted from working in general technology to home health technology, and as, as I mentioned before, you caught the bug. What's what's the proudest moment or the proudest experience that you've had to date working in healthcare? Oh, my proudest moment. Okay, well, my parents, first of all, you know, are members of the silent generation. Mm. Okay. That was drilled into us not to brag. <laughs> that I, it was, it's a work of other people to point out your success. True enough. True enough. Yeah. And so anyway, one day I was talking to my very best oldest childhood friend and his daughter. And we connected the dots that his daughter was a nurse who uses our software. And she was like, oh, I just love your software. And she was so excited and so positive. And I was like, wow, I was so proud. And it was just so random. That's awesome. And in some ways, I guess my mom and dad were right. It's better you know, like <laughs> when a compliment comes from somebody else, right? <laughs> right. So um, do you feel like you're in home health to stay or in healthcare to stay? Do you feel like this is this is where you want to to do the balance of your career? Yeah, I can't imagine. I really can't imagine getting away from uh, healthcare technology at this point. There's so much work to be done and there's so many exciting things going on with like artificial intelligence and machine learning and we have so much data that we can mine and I think we're really just at the beginning of something really big. Well, I think you're right. What difference do you hope to make personally? Well, I don't know. I mean, I love working at Point Click Care and, you know, one of the reasons is to give you a seat at the table, kind of walk and talk through really tough problems and how best we can solve them. And we're always really pushing ourselves to create world-class solutions that make a real difference in the life of seniors. And honestly, I'm happy to play any role. I, I could be the idea person, I could be the, the researcher, the executor, or the evangelist. I, I just know I'm on the right team and they're in the right industry. Well, that is fantastic. Uh... Fantastic answer, and it sounds like you are in the right spot. Thank you so much for taking the time to uh, to share this, this this with me. Like I said, this is my first time talking with somebody in depth who's got a, a home health background, so it's, it's been really interesting for me and hopefully for everyone else. What is the best way to contact you if someone would like to learn more? Sure, I'm... Love talking to people, so they can reach out to me on LinkedIn, or, or they can reach out to me at mary.henschel at pointclickcare.com, and uh, we could set up a time to talk. I welcome the conversation. Awesome. Well, once again, thanks for the time, and Mary, keep up the great work. Thanks, John.